Welcome to the Revelation Project Podcast. I'm Monica Rogers, and this podcast is intended to disrupt the trance of unworthiness and to guide women to remember and reveal the truth of who we are. We say that life is a revelation project, and what gets revealed gets healed. Welcome to another edition of the Revelation Project Podcast. I'm welcoming back Carrie Hummingbird to talk to us today about the mother wound. This is actually a subject that has really touched all of us, whether we know it or not. It has to do with the fact that for thousands of years, mothers, women in general, but mothers have been disempowered, shamed, belittled, and abused. And as a result, many have become victims and have been unloving in their mothering, neglectful, competitive sometimes with their children. A woman with the mother wound can't help but pass it on to her children, either through her womb or through her kind of fractured parenting. We're going to kind of dive more deeply into that today and talk about how you can identify that. And this isn't about blaming mothers. This is actually about looking at a system that continues to perpetuate this wound. And many of us as adult children, don't necessarily recognize that we too carry this wound. So this episode hopefully be incredibly helpful. I also want to just give a little bit more props to Carrie and her background here. She's a soul guide. She inspires people to lead their lives wide awake with authenticity, passion, and purpose. She's got a gift for catalyzing mind shifts that transform life challenges into gifts of wisdom. And she has both individual and group mentoring programs. She's also a best-selling international author of the book, The Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama, and also the award-winning best-selling book, Awakening to Me, One Woman's Journey to Self-Love. We are so blessed to have her here today, and I'm so proud to welcome her back. Hi, Carrie. Hi! <laughs> Yay! Yay, we're going to have a really fun conversation about really deeply vulnerable stuff. Oh. I know, I know. It's, it's when I get skited, I'm like, ooh, and I'm, I'm also, I'm scared and excited, you know, like this is, a, this yes. is a big, this is a big subject. It's a big subject, I think, for, for all of us, I think, whether we know it or not. Whether we know it or not, and that's really the point, is that it's the invisible ocean that we're all drowning in in our lives with our addictions, with our problems in our relationships, with our mental health issues, with pretty much everything you could put a name on it. Yep. And as a mother, like it, we're also responsible for that. So isn't that fun to be exploring our inner world and how everything affects us from our own childhoods and then also be a mom and know that we've also done that to another person. Right. So the mother wound. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really, really fascinating to like what you just said, the intergenerational, multidimensional impact. And I... I really believe, you know, that when we do this work, we heal not only ourselves, but ge- those generations in both directions. And we have to do that healing, even if our parents' generation, which is the case for, for us, we're in this 
in this space where the generation, our generation is very transparent, very willing to talk about things, very willing to be public and support each other. And we find great value in sharing with each other and hearing each other's stories because it creates that sense of we're all going through the same thing. And we know that we are all going through the same thing and the details are different. Whereas my mother's generation, and, and you could speak for yours, but my mother's generation that's not what they did. They're to them like airing the dirty laundry is just the worst thing you could do, the most disrespectful you could do to your family, the most horrible thing. And so we're in this dichotomy of a generation that doesn't want to talk about anything with transparency and pretend it didn't happen and be angry with you for talking about it. And our generation being like, we have to talk about it to heal. If we don't talk about it, I'm not going to have great grandkids. We have to heal this now. And I'm sorry, mom, I love you. And I love my great grandkids more in this moment as the mother that's stepping into this role and stepping into my power and stepping into a leader in this society. I want a future for humanity. I want a future for my kids. I want a future for my grandkids, my great grandkids, seven generations forward. That's the future I want. And in order to get there, we got to have this conversation. And it's not about blaming and shaming our mothers. It's actually nothing about them. No. Even though it is about them, but it's not about them. It's about the ripple effect of all of this suffering down the family line. It's about the bigger context. And the bigger context being, I would say, you know, again, like I call it the trance of unworthiness, but it's it's this this interconnected relationship that and this perpetuated wound. And what I want to bring in here is also like how it impacts the planet, the mother earth that we even live on. So if, you know, Carrie, like I want to kind of jump in and, and start by saying like, we have to talk about it. What is it? What What is it and what are the components of it? Well, you know, the the short phrase for it is the mother wound. And so just take a moment, everybody out there and just listen to your heart when I say the mother wound. There's just something there and you know it. It's like this empty aching in your heart. There's just something missing that's really important. And that mother wound is the real true inner mother, the healed inner mother. It's also your connection to the divine mother to planet earth. It's also your connection to your matriarchal lineage, which right now is probably blocked and stuck from a whole lot of not talking about it and not healing it and feeling guilty and shameful if you even have the idea that you would look at it and talk about it. And this is what I've had to bust through, Monica, on my journey of healing. I have had to bust through the guilt and the shame of going against the programming, and I will call it the programming, the conditioned programming of my mother's generation that was conditioned into their brains to keep them quiet and subservient and going along is the way that they were domesticated and trained to judge each other, shame, manipulate, be jealous of each other, compare, compete, tear each other down. I mean, this is the broken feminine. Yeah, this is the distorted, broken, shadow feminine. I have great actual, at a soul level, I have great respect for my mother's generation because they are holding the darkest, most terrible, most painful, awful, patterns without love, without love. Because if love was in there, those patterns would disintegrate. Say more about that, Carrie. There is unworthiness. And we all know that there's unworthiness on the planet. People, humans being born, humans after humans after humans feeling they are unworthy 
of love, unworthy of life, unworthy of connection. And that unworthiness is what drives a lot of these behaviors. It's, it's a fear-based model. And so if you notice, like if the person in your, you know, your mother is in the generation of maybe she's like 75, 78, something like that in her 70s, she's probably be, has a lot of fear and anxiety. And that's kind of how she lives her life is worrying and being afraid. That's because of this unworthiness. I want to say, Carrie, I do know that there are going to be women out there that are like, what are you talking about? I have a great relationship with my mother. My mother's great. And our mothers are great. I first want to say that. I just like, I want to say yeah, our mothers are great. great. Our mothers are great. And you may, you may have a great relationship. And there is, I just want to point to what you said, because there's a way that I just want to raise my hand as the daughter of uh, the patriarchy and kind of coming through this lineage that what is true for what I have discovered about myself has always led me back to like, oh, it's a unconscious way of being, of even holding it all together and making it all look good is part of the mother wound. Yeah. Holding it all together, making it all look good is part of the... So, okay, if you don't think that there's a mother wound in your family, do something your mom doesn't like. Like write a book called The Mother Wound, Healing the Mother Wound. <laughs> Did that Do happen, something- Carrie? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because I was the golden child, the only child, the golden child, and I sure thought everything was fine. Mm-hmm. And But why, if, I, if everything's fine, why am I in weekly psychotherapy for 20 years? If everything's fine and my early childhood traumas didn't affect me, why in the world would I choose to spend half of my life in a room talking about problems, symptoms, really symptoms of problems, symptoms of something deeper. And the reason I did is because the trauma is still, I'm going to read this because I read it to you at the beginning and I can't, you know, honestly, I don't know the name of this actor, but there's this meme going around Facebook. Oh, I think it's Russell Bertrand, isn't it? Is that who that is? He's an actor. Yes. So this is what it says. Cannabis isn't a gateway drug. Alcohol isn't a gateway drug. Nicotine isn't a gateway drug. Caffeine isn't a gateway drug. Trauma is the gateway. Childhood abuse is the gateway. Molestation is the gateway. Neglect is the gateway. Drug abuse, violent behavior, hypersexuality, and self-harm are often symptoms, not the cause of much bigger issues. It almost always stems from a childhood filled with trauma, absent parents, and an abusive family. So I want to say nobody thinks they have that. Because we all put on such a good narcissistic mask of having the perfect family with all of our selfies and our family pictures. But like those family pictures don't, do they capture the argument that happened like just a few hours or or moments before that family picture and everyone's like, smile. Does it capture that? Does it capture all of the violations? You know, are you able to actually, and some of you might out there listening might be like, well, I can talk to my mom about really challenging things and she's super supportive. That's fabulous. And so congratulations. You you got into a, some healing aspect of the, somebody in your lineage did healing on it, right? Mm-hmm. But for a lot of us, we can resonate with this message that when I started becoming a teenager, my relationship with my mom completely fell apart. Right. Like there's, and what would you say that some of those points of destruction are like personal autonomy, for example? Personal autonomy is a huge one, right? Like how dare you do something following your own individual life plan that your soul's calling you to do? How dare you do that? Because it confronts me. Mm-hmm. And I want you to stop. And if you don't stop, you're shunned from the family. You're ostracated. You're out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll show you how powerful I am to make that happen. All of this is based in fear. You know, so I want to say that it's all based in fear. 
Because needing to ostracize and, and shun your daughter from the family has everything to do with not feeling secure inside and being afraid, feeling afraid. And then that's the outcome, right? So we're, so it's really living in a fear-based model. So if you speak your truth on Sunday dinner and it's not received very well, maybe there's an argument. Maybe there's just that quiet disapproval. Maybe you don't hear from her for, you know, another few months because you just stepped over a line and she's not willing to go there. It's kind of like feeling like, you know, this is something that came to me this last week. If a relationship doesn't accept with open arms, the real you, it's not a real relationship, is it? Mm -mm. It's not. And so if you feel like anytime the real you shows up, it's not accepted, not wanted, that you have to play a role in order to get love in your family. That's the mother wound. That's the mother wound. Thank you. Yes, that is a great way to put it. It's interesting, right, Carrie? Like those, some of those questions, when we ask ourselves those kind of along that inquiry, am I allowed with full, full self-expression, full permission to be exactly who I am? Am I comfortable doing it? Am I allowed to do it? Meaning that, that, that I'm not punished somehow for it or made wrong for it? That there are these ways that we can really kind of test, well, okay, actually, no. No, I've never been able to do that. There's a certain way that I behave when my mother is around, when my mother is in the room. And starting to get curious about why that is and looking at some of the indicators of the mother wound. And my chest is tight. Yeah, because you're talking about it and you're not supposed to, you bad girl, you bad little girl. You're supposed to make your mom look good. Yeah. And that's also it. So notice in your body, everyone just, that's so great, Monica. Just so everybody who's Mm. listening, just take a moment and breathe and check your body. Is your throat tight? Is your chest tight? Are you feeling guilty? Is there, are you holding your breath? That's another one. Have you Mm -hmm. been holding your breath this whole time so far? (gasps) Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. the mother wound. We are so deeply conditioned as women for generations. We're talking thousands of years. This is how big this is. To shut our mouths when anything we might say challenges the authority. And in Western culture, the authority structure never goes away. So the parents are always have more authority than you as the child, even if you're a 50-year-old woman. And if you don't like it, the option is to leave the family. That's the option. Whereas I want to paint a different picture. In indigenous cultures, which are connected to the divine mother, which are connected to the earth, they have a different viewpoint. They're connected from their hearts, not their minds. And they're connected to the earth and their bodies. They know that every single person on the face of the earth is sovereign and equal. There is not a hierarchy. And so that's why there's specific traditions built around initiating young people as they come into their, you know, their teens and their, their, their adulthood into being an equal member of the society, an equal member of the family with an equal voice to share equal ideas, even if it confronts the other people that are there. They work together as a community to give each person a voice, an equal voice. That's what's lost in Western patriarchal society is the equal voice because the, the men have all the power and then the woman married to the man has the next level of power and she really likes it. And then the children have to kowtow to all that power. It's not about empowering the children to have their own voices and to speak up. There's like this midway point where there's like some lip service paid to that, like, 
we want you to speak your truth. We want you to know who you are. We want you to live your own life. But don't say anything that might confront me as you do that. That's not okay, and it will never be okay. And you can see the energy with which I do that because that's the energetic. It's a control over power over energetic rather than a power within and a recognition that the teaching doesn't go one way. The teaching doesn't just flow downhill. It flows uphill too. I learned so much from my kids. They are my greatest teacher. So I, because I've started this path of indigenous wisdom and letting this whole different way, this different perspective heal me from the inside, I now see that with total love, my children are teaching me as much as I'm teaching them. And the same with the other direction, even though that's not acknowledged at this moment, but the, it doesn't have to be acknowledged. It just is. It's the truth. So I guess what we're saying is that what I'm, what I'm saying, what I'm feeling in my heart is that we're at a point of truth coming to the front now. And the truth is hard to hear sometimes, right? The truth hurts. It stings. It stings. I want to make a distinction here too, Carrie, because I'm finding myself really, I'm doing a lot of work in the realm of anti-racism and I want to assert, okay, I'm not saying it's true, but, but I want to assert that actually black women really get this dynamic. They get how effed up it is. And I want to say that there's a level of the mother wound that the white woman is responsible for looking at. Because I think, I want to say that Black women have been doing this work for a while. Well, think about the level of trauma. So trauma is a gateway to all of these abusive behaviors. Mm -hmm. It's also a gateway to awakening. Yeah. So as much as I love that quote, and it's very true, it's also a gateway to awakening. So if you think about the level of trauma in the African-American community, you can see how they have been led to this turning point within so much quicker than us because we've had comfort. Mm-hmm. Comfort is the enemy of progress. Comfort is killing us. Comfort is, and trying to be nice mm-hmm. is destroying us on the inside out. Being nice on the outside is corrupting everything you're here to do on the inside. It's destroying you from the inside out. And I know because I was such a pleaser to get by in my family system. I was the golden child as long as I was saying and doing what everybody wanted me to say and do. And the moment I stepped out of line, there was a big whack. So, you know, I was domesticated to understand that I could express myself so long as it didn't, you know, offend my mother. And now I've taken this bold step over the last several years. And I found out what happens when you do that, which is they close the ranks. You know, and I become the scapegoat and the problem in everybody's relationship. I actually have a, a relative who's been inside on this dynamic and she's trained, she's trained herself in psychotherapy. She's gotten trained and her psychotherapy diagnosis or thing to me was that, well, when everybody has a problem with one person, it's that one person that needs to do a lot of inquiry on themselves and they're the one that's a problem. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's a little narcissistic. There's something called the family system, and I think you should go look that up. If you want to be a good psychotherapist, you better do your homework. Mm-hmm. And the homework starts inside. Mm-hmm. You're not exempt. Mm-mm. But I know where that comes from. It comes from severe child abuse through her entire life because I know about what happened to her. Mm-hmm. So I know where it comes from. I understand. So it's a really delicate position to be in as a leader in this conversation for any of us that even lead the conversation in our own families. What it requires is so much inner healing, so much personal inquiry, 
so much accepting of responsibility, even for stuff that you didn't, you didn't create. I didn't create the first five years of my life and what happened to me. I didn't create that. I didn't create the patterns I experienced with my mom for, you know, most of my time growing up. I did not create that. I operated from it. It hurt me, you know, as it hurt her too. It hurt so many generations of women. And I am the one who finally got the resources and the tools. Like you said, they don't have the tools at the beginning of this call. I finally got the resources and the tools to turn that around. I met this wonderful woman, Heather Ashamara. She t- teaches warrior goddess. I, I met her at a firewalk and I was like, firewalking, what's that? And I started learning about how I'd been leaking my personal energy out of my bucket for years. Yeah. That I wasn't taking care of myself. I can't tell you, you know, as you're speaking, the the feelings, right, that are continuing to come up. And one of the things that is really, really clear to me is that there were years, and I mean years, where I was constantly seeking validation and approval and like trying to be seen and accepted mm-hmm. for who I was by my mother. For yeah. who, right? And, and how much energy went into it's never that. Happen. Because I thought, like, but there was this way that I thought if I could just get her to see me, if I could just get her to understand. And and it was it was such a trap. It's a trap. I understand that drive because I also have been hooked by that. And so I want to tell everybody out there is a total trap. You'll probably still do it, but you know, here's what I want, here's what I want to say about that is take a moment and just check in with your inner your inner child, your daughter that you are, and say, you are such a good daughter. Mm-hmm. You are such, just feel that, feel the change in energy. You are such a good daughter for mm-hmm. keeping on trying to talk to your mom who's not willing to see you. Oh my God, what a good daughter you are. You're so loyal. Mm-hmm. You're so loving that you still try to get her to see you, get your, get her to understand you. And she's not going to unless she chooses to, which is unlikely. <laughs> so stop putting your energy there. Be a good daughter to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's there's a million and one ways that if you haven't noticed already, there's a million and one accusations that could be made about you as you start this journey to make you pull back from taking these steps. There's like any little thing you ever did wrong or that they didn't like or that, you know, your mom felt you weren't loving enough or you weren't there for her. It, it all becomes basically about her. So the whole thing will flip. The minute you start to step into your power, the entire conversation shifts to how you weren't there for her. And I'm, I'm making up, Carrie, that some of the tools you teach are exactly how to kind of notice these things, work with them, making some distinctions around what healthy boundaries look like, all of this. Yes. And, you know, I, I certainly know that nobody has to be as crazy and bold as I am with this in terms of writing an entire book. <laughs> it's just my purpose. It's just what I'm here to do. And I, I wouldn't, I really honestly wouldn't put it on anybody because it has, it has been extreme the way that my family's closed the ranks and the way that they've, you know, because they need to protect themselves because it's a fear-based matrix. It's all about fear. It's so scary to look at yourself and see how you've played into these patterns on a bigger level. It's terrifying for people. It's terrifying for me. You know, I walk on fire, so I'm willing to look at these things. I'm, I'm made of different metal. I'm willing to look at it. I'm willing to claim responsibility for my peace. And the crazy making part is that as you start to step into this territory, if you step in in a bold way, you know, like I have, what happens is that the reactivity is pretty strong and there's really big consequences. So the family will really close ranks. They'll really latch onto anything that you ever made a mistake about. 
in terms of being, you know, so whatever it is, they'll try to basically detract from you. So they'll try to pull you away from your knowing. As you claim knowing, they'll try to like yank that away. And it's really just because it's really scary to, I mean, think about it. There hasn't been an empowered woman on this planet, truly, like a whole generation of empowered women on this planet for thousands of years, 2,150 years. There's a lot at stake. (laughs) So it's scary, it's even scary for women to experience. What is an empowered woman? What's she going to do? It's unpredictable. She could do anything. She could hurt me. She could tear me down. She could say all these things. And so it's terrifying. What do you mean there's an empowered woman in my family? Oh, no, I don't think I like this. I like the status quo. But you know what, people? The status quo is going to lead humanity to extinction. Yeah, That's what the status quo is going to do. It's going to lead humanity to extinction because the patriarchal system is based on consume, 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 don't think ahead, don't don't think about generations to come. Think about yourself only. Everything is narcissistic, all about you. It's like, keep it nice, keep it pleasant, keep it nice, keep it pleasant so I don't have to think or do anything. And I don't want to have to make a choice. And I want to sit in front of my television with my beer. And I don't want to think. That is leading us to destruction on this planet. I'd like to take a moment now to acknowledge our sponsors. Today, I want to thank The Quiet Rebel. Tracy J. creates space for communities and organizations to have a safe and brave conversation about race and culture based on our lived experiences. If you're seeking leadership and guidance on entering this conversation with grace and authenticity, please contact Tracy J. today. And the best way to connect is to do so at quietrebellife.com or yes, at quietrebellife.com. Carrie, I would love to know more. And I don't know, you know, if I'm asking this and, and I'm, I'm making an assumption, but if we were to like zoom out and talk about the context of how this dynamic continues to get perpetuated from generation to generation, you know, and, and you referred to it a little bit when you were talking about the psychotherapy that there's this family system and the hierarchy, but there are these roles that we play in in keeping this hierarchy active, activated in our lives. And, and the it's the unconscious, it's the unknowing way that we continue to act it out in our own lives. And so what I'm wondering is if you've got like a good example of how that might happen, and then you are recreating it in your family without knowing it. Yeah, there's a ton of those. Let's pick one. Well, the reason why this perpetuates to begin with is because we don't, we don't talk about it within the family system. Conversations about anything like this get shut down in the so family system. So there's like, there are some agreements, some hidden agreements in our family. The hidden agreement is don't talk about your mom. <laughs> okay. that, that is, that is actually a commandment, not an agreement. It's a commandment. So let's, that's number one. So if there are the 10 hidden commandments of the family system, number one is do not talk badly about your mother. Yeah. Right. Meanwhile, every meanwhile, the father can totally talk bad about your mother with everybody and totally make her look like a terrible person and with his new wife and everything, you know, I'm just right. saying, I know, I know, just right. saying, just saying, just yes. saying, you know, yeah. Yeah. the other thing is to, is that you, you cannot, if, if you cannot speak your truth inside the family. Mm. Yeah. What does that do? Because that, that ruffles feathers, right? It yeah. ruffles the power structure. If you have something to say, what happens is you get tossed out. 
you can say that privately in your psychotherapy session, but don't ever <laughs> bring that conversation up here. Well, where does the conversation actually need to happen? It needs to happen in the family system. It doesn't need to happen with a psychotherapist. Maybe a psychotherapist helps, but it needs to happen in the family system. You know, and here's how <laughs> ah, I had a really big lesson. I had a huge lesson that even in my own life, and I'll just talk about me for a second, because I could talk about other things, but let's just go back to me. When I went to psychotherapy, the goal of psychotherapy was just to let me come and vent for an hour a week for like most of my life. Psychotherapy, most of it is designed to let you vent. Venting is nice, but it doesn't solve the problem. Venting does not get to the root. It doesn't go anywhere deeper than the surface level. And so that's what, that's really the, that is the sign. The commandment is to keep it at the surface. That would be like commandment number two. Keep it at the surface. Don't talk to me about it. Talk to me about the weather. Talk to me about sports. Take a nice family selfie with a big smile. But do not talk about anything real Mm -mm. in this family, in this house, especially if it's going to confront me. Mm -hmm. If you have something like that to say, go talk to your therapist about it. And then we have the whole psychotherapy model that's not about actually fixing anything. It's It's not actually about empowering. It's about venting. And then there's the pills. So... So now, and this is like another clue. The pill is there to keep you from feeling it so that you won't feel so needing to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So take this not feeling pill. Right. So so should we call that one commandment number four, take a pill for it? Take a pill. Take a pill for it. Don't talk to me. Take a pill. Take a pill and suppress it. Suppress it. You know, so I will share this story. So when I was a teenager... I, I didn't dare confront my mom because I knew what would happen most of my life. But as a teenager, you start to get a little bold, like you like find out up against those edges and like what's going to happen. And I found out one day that I was cleaning, I was sweeping the downstairs and my mom came down and said, well, you didn't actually do it. And I said, I did. I just did it. And she's like, no, you didn't do it again. I was so angry and frustrated that when she turned up the stairs and she turned the corner, I just had a moment of like, mm, with the broom. She came around, saw me in my moment of anger and came down and whacked me with the broom because I'm not allowed to express anger, even if it's not directly to her, even if I just want to express it for myself, not allowed to express anger in my mother's house. Think about what that does to a generation of people who do not know what to do with their emotions. They are not allowed to have them. I could, t- I could share so many stories about that. But that is right there, a very powerful example, not allowed to feel or express emotions as a, as a woman or, and even, you know, that's frankly, same would go true for the boys too, right? Not allowed to express anger. Absolutely. Well, we've got, there's that systemic kind of what you were saying, you know, that, that, for example, if I had not done the work that I did when I did it, so let's say, God, my, I have an 18 year old now and a 15 year old. So they were, I think, three and six kind of when I started deeply, deeply diving in and looking at all of these patterns. Had I not done that, I have this, I I had posted about it the other day, it was this concept of hungry ghosts. And I think you commented on it. So back to kind of this addiction, like addiction runs in my family, it's actually pretty rampant in, in some ways. And I think that that's true for a lot of families, whether or not we know it, because there are a lot of us that have seen 
our parents, let's say, have a drink every night that are still not willing to call our parents alcoholics. There's a way that not only is there this numbing, take a pill, let's, it's cocktail time, let's, you know, like shove it down, shove it down, shove it down. But these were the patterns that I was noticing in myself, like adopting a glass of wine every night, a glass of wine became two glasses of wine. I had no, it's like, Anything that I was feeling, I was so disconnected at that point from my body and my and giving myself permission to have my feelings, to know what to do with them, for heaven's sakes. I mean, how many of us, I want to raise my hand here and say, how many of us don't know what to do with this mix of emotions anymore? And so you do turn towards thinking, I must be bipolar, I must be schizophrenic, I must be depressed. And then where do we go? We go to the psychotherapist or to the psychologist who recommends the you know, the psychiatrist who then gives you the drugs. Now, I am not at all having a conversation now about whether or not there's, because mental health is real, I get it. And I have benefited so much from medication while I've needed it while I have been doing also work because my my goal, I think if I were to kind of go back and look at what I was noticing, it was what honestly caused me to really, really do the work was recognizing that I was going to pass this to my daughter. And she was such a, she was, I think I go back to what you were saying, like my children, like, thank God, thank God for my love for my children, because it was, I would probably wouldn't have done it for myself. It was seeing the patterns. It was starting to see how my children were starting to exhibit some of the same behavior. And that behavior manifested by not feeling safe enough to go to the bathroom or or having a child that I start, she looked just like me too. And I used to have to say to her, man, and I'm the mother. Meaning I was watching her carry the burdens and like starting to watch for like all of what needed to be fixed in the family or like starting to remind me of what I needed to do. It was like she had become this little mother, this this hypervigilant little adult at the age of six. And I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, that's, you know, what my biggest wake up call was becoming a mother. Yes, exactly. Because you can start to see it all. You can start to see it all. Like for me, I, the last thing I would ever do is, is scream at my kids. I refused, you know, I refused to intimidate my children into doing what I wanted them to do. I refused to punish them into it. And, and I, I charted a very challenging road because when you're generationally designed to punish into doing things, which I think a lot of people, if you look in your family system, you see punishment as a tool. So punishment power over as a tool to making people do things. So we're switching into inner power. Making that shift with my kids has been very tough, especially my oldest, because he's coming from a model on both sides where it was control over. It was power over to make it happen, intimidate you into it. And as a matter of fact, my mom was really proud of that. You know, you would never talk to me that way because I wouldn't let it happen because you're intimidated by me because I, you need to do that to the, to the children. And I was like, no, I'm not going to No, I'm not going to intimidate my children into doing what I want. I'm not going to intimidate my children into complying with things that are good for them. No. I'm going to teach them how to have the inner choice so that they don't need an authority like a policeman to tell them to stop. And I, I really think this is why our culture is so screwed up. I think the distinction there too is like 
because again, I can I can just see a lot of parents out there. It's this isn't about making anybody wrong because there's a lot of ways. No, these I'm are sh- these are inherited patterns. But what I want to say about the punishment, which is really interesting, and I I learned this. I really that's another really unconscious patterned behavior. And there was a way that I was really conditioned and I didn't recognize it to break my children's will, actually, to break their will, to break their spirit. And think about why in the world would you want to break your child's spirit mm -mm, to get mm -mm. them to conform? This is part of the patriarchal control system to get all of these people on the planet controllable by breaking their spirit. We are doing it to our own kids. You know, and if you want to talk about the African-American women again, I think that they probably saw that. They have a very intimate, vulnerable, painful connection to power over through slavery in their ancestry. Through enslavement, yes. And when you start to see yourself whipping your child to get them to conform, are you the slave master now for your children? But see, it's harder for us to see it. You know, and I want to say that many of us white people, we come from a, li- a lineage of people. You know, the people that came over and, and populated this continent, I want to think lovely things about them. But actually, there's a lot of truth to the fact that there's a great book, uh, My Grandmother's Hands, that talks about the history of white settlers, the Iron Maiden, torture, pulling people apart, burning people at the stake. This has been going on in white European culture for thousands of years. And this is what we are now contending with is the last remnants of that kind of behavior. Doing that to your own children is not okay with me. We're here to empower our kids to have inner power. Only through inner power and true inspiration to act, inspired action, is this planet going to change. We get connected with the earth again. We respect each other. We honor each other. We listen to each other. We have room and space for all viewpoints to be represented because we're part of the kaleidoscope. This is a kaleidoscope of life that's happening. Each one of us is a little dot on that kaleidoscope. We each have something important to contribute. But when we have this model that we're moving out of, that's not then like a few people at the top have all the resource and all the money and and everybody else is struggling to survive. Why? Because it's really hard to survive when you don't feel worthy of love and life, when you're punished out of it, your worthiness to express yourself, the light that comes through you, the message that comes through you, the purpose that comes through you, and you're suppressed in expressing it. Mm -hmm. And the cost of expressing it is high, I can tell you. It's very high. I paid it. It sure is. It is very high. And it. this is all very, very kind of multi-layered and yeah. so complex. But I, you know, yes. and, I, and I definitely have had the experience unrolling a ball of yarn. It's like when you start, you know, just unthreading it. It's like, my God, this is huge. This is vast. It's all interconnected. The way that we parent our sons, the way, and we, and as a mother, like, that's another thing. Look at how you parent your daughter and look at how you parent your son. Yeah. Is it the same? Because I'm going to say it ain't. It's not the same. And there are certain ways that, again, we perpetuate these systems of uh, hierarchy, oppression, suppression. I want to go back, you know, and also say back to kind of I had started talking about the hungry ghosts. When I started really unpacking that term, I really it, it actually came from I can never pronounce his name. Gay Bear Mate, his work, The Hungry Ghosts. 
Mm. Anyway, he's it's all about traumas. Back to kind of like the initial quote that you were reading. It's a lot of us don't recognize that simply surviving up until this point, we have many of us have experienced different degrees of childhood trauma. You you cannot avoid it in this culture. It cannot be avoided. And the reason that addiction is so rampant in this culture is that we have to kind of normalize at some level the fact that we are literally starving for validation. We are starving to be seen. We are starving to express ourselves. And we reach for those substances or that numbing device as a way to escape the hell of feeling that way constantly. And what's interesting about this this realm of hungry ghosts that we end up being in, which is the realm of addiction, is that it's a it's a it's a trap to go back to the trap because it's an, you're trying to fill an unfillable hole in this system. Yeah. The only one that can fulfill and fill the hole is you by doing the work, by doing the actual work of starting to ask yourself the questions, what am I so hungry for? And why have I not been able to get my needs met? And then back to what, Carrie, the work that you're so bravely and courageously bringing to the world right now is this idea of remothering. So talk to me in our last few minutes about what does that even friggin' mean? Yeah, well, it, to me and the path that I walk and the path that I teach, it's really about opening to a healed pattern of mother love. There is not a healed pattern in the human collective of mother love because we just, all of us have been through 2,150 years of desecration of the feminine. So we cannot look to find that from humanity itself. From We have to go to spirit. We have to go to the divine mother. We have to go to the earth. We have to go to the connection. We have to open back our hearts. Now, there are some selected pockets of people who have maintained their traditions and their connection to the earth this whole time, but they have a pretty good grasp on it. I've studied with the Caro people, Q, Pasri, ERO in, in Peru. There's some other traditions around the world, very few pockets around the world of people that, that kept their connection to the divine mother earth. So this is a change in consciousness too for many people because people have been trained to think that, that God is somewhere up in the clouds separate from you and you're, you know, you're just this separate being that, need, that is so unworthy and such a sinner and you need to be saved. So this is going to confront all of that. And that's going to be super difficult to feel if you've been conditioned in that way. And I apologize in advance. But what I want to say to you is that this shift into the age of Aquarius is embracing the divine mother, embracing the divine mother, the healed mother, the mother of us all. And the good news is that you're encased in the divine mother. You are encased in the divine mother through your body. You are made of earth. And earth is the physical version of the divine mother. You are made of earth and earth is the physical version of the divine mother. She speaks to you all the time in your body. She's always with you. You're never without her. And isn't that beautiful? She holds you all the time. She gives you a life experience. Your spirit comes into her form. She's with you always. And if you just open, you can feel her presence that she's always been present. You just weren't listening. You didn't know how to listen. It's not your fault. So this is what I, I teach people is how to connect. And if you can feel it stirring in your body as you start to tune into Divine Mother in your body, you can feel that she's right here. She's everywhere. She's in the invisible space. She's in your body. She's everywhere. 
So you, you can't be without her. And that recognition, that deep knowing that you are always held and loved. I mean, the example is your body. Your body holds you all the time, right? You can't be unheld and unloved and unsupported. You are supported. She's right here. She's supporting you to have this life experience. So it's that recognition, the deep knowing of that, that starts to heal your heart. And I do a lot of work to help people open up their heart wall because we all have crust around our hearts that's formed from all the trauma and the pain. And we, as we remove that layer by layer, you're able to be more and more aware of the love that's available for you all the time. And as you tap into that love, that's not out there. I mean, it is out there, but it's also inside. It's in you. You just hid it from yourself because of all these traumatic experiences. Well, and the crust, the crust keeps us from receiving it and it keeps mm-hmm. us from giving it to some extent, yeah. right? Because there's, and for those of you out there that wonder, like, I, I don't know, do I have a crust in my heart? Like, I would say, like, are you super open and trusting? Do you trust yourself? Do you trust others? That There's an indicator is, it, yeah, is if you have a barrier. When you cry, like, do you ever cry because something's just so beautiful that it just has to open your heart? Mm-hmm. Here, I was going to say, too, that what came up as you were speaking was the other thing is that I really experienced was a lot of inner child work because one mm-hmm. of the things that I really recognized was, and I always hated it. It made my skin crawl when people would talk about the inner child. I was like, ugh, like what? what is this? What is this work you want me to do? And once I got, once I like just, again, talk about a heart crust, holy cow. Like there was so, there was some way that I had- Disconnected from it. I had yeah. so many, I had a fortress built around that sucker. But when I really did- I'll never forget doing this meditation to meet my higher self. And my higher self told me that her name was Mamaka, not Monica, Mamaka. And I thought, wait, I don't like that name. Wait, I wanted like some name like Athena or Sophia or like, right? And it was Mamaka. And I just sat there thinking and I'm like, oh my God, like it occurred to me. Oh, like I have everything I need to mother myself because my deepest longing had been, why can't my mother see me? Why can't we get right? Like that's my thing. I'm not saying that that's true for everybody, but that's been my very obvious kind of throbbing need in this world is my mother has been my greatest teacher. And that became so profound with my inner child work because I started to recognize the triggers as soon as soon as I was in my mother's presence, where the unseen child kept showing up, where where I felt like I couldn't use my true voice, where I felt I needed to kind of almost metaphorically go within and really remother myself and allow myself, give myself permission, practice really seeing myself as that small child that didn't get those needs met. Exactly. And that is a big part of the work is the reparenting, remothering, and the energy comes from the healed divine mother is what I, you know, so that's really where it comes from. And then you bring that energy into yourself and you recreate a mother for yourself inside, a healed mother. Yes. And you let, you know, and it has nothing to do with your biological mother exactly. Like she doesn't have to change at all and probably she won't. No. So, and like, it's a beautiful thing because you <laughs> can release and love. But here's what I will say your mother's behavior will change anyway when you do the work it's fascinating it's fascinating or yeah it depends on her level of of stubbornness but yeah i think that basically 
well, you can't have any expectations there. So I just caution totally. people to have zero expectations there because if you're doing the work to change your mother, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. So no. That is not the reason to do the work. You have to do the work for yourself and the liberation it gives you on the inside to feel worthy of love. Well, it would, and and I want to clarify that because what my point is, when I showed up feeling worthy, no longer looking for the validation, my mother's behavior shifted because it no longer had an impact. So there's a way that those dynamics just end up. It's like when you shift that part of yourself, everything around you shifts. So without your mother ever needing to to know what's going on, there's just a way that she will or will not. But yeah, the work is definitely within. But what I wanted to also offer, Carrie, because I know you have to go, is that you I know you have like a, an amazing offering that you're you're really um, inviting women to participate in this work in a deeper way. So I wanted you to share that. Yeah, thank you. So the book is on pre-order. And so if you would like to receive the first two chapters of that, you can pre-order the book and enter the details at www.motherwoundbook.com. It has to have the book. So motherwoundbook.com. And then you can uh, get the first two chapters and then you'll get information about the circle that I'm leading, Healing the Mother Wound Circle. It's a three-month circle. There's one about to begin uh, October 24th and then there'll be some more coming. But those are going to be great for revealing the patterns. Like if you feel called to this and even if you don't really know, like, well, I'm not, like you were talking about, Monica, I'm not sure how many ways this is really affecting me, but it feels like it is. Great, bring that because we're going to expose things during the during our time together. We're going to bring it from the unconscious to the conscious, and we have a chance to see it, reveal it, heal it, and make a new decision. And that's really what the work is all about. Ah, uh, yeah, and I so encourage any women who are listening to do this work. It's so powerful, and you just are you're guaranteed to get some gems because there's there's no way you can't. There's no way you can't. And those of you, I also want to say, for those of you that were parented by, there's certainly listeners that had different family constellations. So what would you say to them? Well, um, I would just say that, you know, the journey is unique, even though there's common patterns, right? So the details are different, but the common patterns that we're all facing is the same. So how it shows up for us individually is unique. And so that's what this work is about too, is helping you to find the pattern within yourself, to explore it, to see if it's there, to be vulnerable and have community and that support to do it. Because probably there's not somebody in your direct life that would be willing to talk to you about these kind of things. <laughs> so it's a community of people that are willing to talk about it, willing to explore it. And, you know, and this is actually, you know, if your goal is peace and harmony in your family, this is a very direct path to doing that because you're clearing out your unconscious biases and your unconscious patterns. Mm. So that's what I would say to that. I love it. Well, Carrie, as always, I just love your work. I love talking to you. I love you too. I love you. You're awesome. I can have these conversations with you. It's perfect. Oh, I I do too. Just, you know, for, and for everybody listening, please do uh, check out. And Carrie has another book that we we've talked about her in a previous episode. I'll, I'll put those in the show notes till next time more to be revealed. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening. And as always, more to be revealed.